Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. Normally, uh, when I, you know, I'm out for an episode like I was last time, I'd come back and say, you know, thanks everybody for covering for me. But there was so much East Coast slander at the beginning of last episode. I <laughs> don't know what you're talking from about, from you guys. I mean, you're uh, not living in Boston, Joe. I oh my god <laughs> well okay and then yes Zig you weren't on that one but you're now on my list for insinuating that I live in Boston uh, uh, let's damn. be honest I was on the list anyway yeah look Jell I, I I mean look my my memory is a little hazy I don't necessarily remember <laughs> everything I may have said in a prior podcast I I just I just know that um I I tend to speak entirely in truths and uh, uh-huh. Whatever I may have said was likely completely factual information. So, Look, at least I don't have uh, <laughs> the elements trying to destroy me at every season of the mm. year uh, out here. And, oh yeah, you didn't, you didn't get earthquake. Yeah, and <laughs> no, no, no hurricanes or earthquakes or fires or anything. Uh, also, uh, you guys are all melting right now as we're recording, and it's a nice uh, seventy-two <laughs> degrees here. A little bit of clouds. I'm a little chilly, actually. Uh, I mean, I'll point out that I'm technically further east than you are, and I'm also melting. So, yeah. You know. So, I, you know, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Anyway, that aside. Yes. Um, speaking of things for further east. Speaking of heating up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well, I'm definitely not going to say heating up on this season, but. Uh, <laughs> Yes, you going even further east to the magical the land hottest of Japan. Japan animation. Uh, we we've got uh, anime and other things going on to talk about, but uh, first we'll introduce everyone. I'm Jell, joined by Iro. Hey, I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. Iro, uh, who's still with us and not dead, and joined by G. What's good, everyone? And we are joined by Zig. I still don't like Boston. I don't either. Okay. Yeah, because so, because I, I threw all your tea records. and it's because I threw all your tea into the bay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a real hot, expensive. Damn it, that, that's still really burning uh, in the side <laughs> of all yeah. the British people, right? Yeah, right. that mm-hmm. damn tea from four hundred mm-hmm. years ago or three hundred years ago, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> anyway. We are approaching the final stretch of the uh, summer season here. Thank uh, fuck. We're limping towards the end here as we continue to drop. <laughs> I, at least mm-hmm. I personally continue to drop shows. Mm-hmm. I'm only watching two th- two things still at this point. Uh, it, w- it was it was nice having Artemis on last time to cover some of the other things she was watching. Yeah, and uh, she didn't. What was the one crazy thing she mentioned that happened in Zom 100? Uh, oh god about the there was like a, a a banker that even the americans feared or something oh, like uh, comically unfortunately no i think i think that episode aired after the podcast so she did not yes but not I, I mean, i'm saying in between that, but, uh, in between uh, yes. episodes here since she's not here to mention oh, oh uh that that apparently in zom 100 they're introduced to some like finance bro who's like so powerful and the way they describe his power level is that he survived the lehman brothers uh like <laughs> yes. scandal and collapse Jesus. That always just and makes even, me think of the US president in Chainsaw Even Man, Even the Americans right? fear him, right? Uh, yes, yes, even Americans fear him. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like we- that. I mean, I like that multiple genres of anime can use Americans as like this sort of like extra planar like uh-huh. <laughs> ruler for power levels because like yes. sports anime loves to do this too I'm like oh that Japanese basketball player is such a prodigy even American basketball players uh-huh. fear him Shohei yes. Otani um, yeah, yeah exactly or what every time in Baki the Grapple anytime there's a new American president elected by that one dude has to go over and like show that he's a badass by intimidating yes, yes, the American yes, president uh, yes. Yujiro Hanma <laughs> has Kidnapped George W. Bush, um, <laughs> sexually harassed Hillary Clinton, um, forced Trump to kneel to him. Um, not hard. Th- no, no, not difficult in the slightest. I will um, say since uh, the last time Baki came up on this podcast, I have been made aware of the fucking Che Guevara P triangle thing. Yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I geez. okay. So here's the crazy thing. There's a Baki anime airing right now, and despite the fact that I have not watched any prior seasons of the anime, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that's like, maybe I should just watch that. <laughs> I got nothing Baki. else going on this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baki's. Uh, uh, I, you know, I yeah. I've never read or watched any of it, but. Actually, I, that's not true. I watched like an OVA in the '90s somewhere at some point that a friend made me watch. I just remember somebody uh, sticking their fingers in somebody's head and grabbing their optic nerves or something. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> that so sounds anyway, like Baki. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, coming back anime. to this season and well, anime <laughs> yes. and also I also Toku because I think Toku we'll start Satsu, yeah. with. Uh, the changing of the guard with Common yes. Rider, yes. old show Hand out, off. new show in. Yeah, so Common um, Rider Geats just wrapped up. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Common uh, Rider shows are always one year long, 50 plus episodes for the most part. So uh, one turning over is a fairly major deal. And also, of course, they, they turn over completely. There's no continuity of characters or concepts. Mm-hmm. It's basically a brand new series every year. So, um, yeah, uh, Iroh and I watched all the way through Carmen Rider Geats. Um, I think it's one of the better shows of recent years. Would you agree, Iroh? By technicality, yes. Yes, that that's the thing. We are starting from a very, very low real, uh, standard. Yeah. Real vote of confidence there, huh? <laughs> so, so two years ago in twenty, like beginning in twenty twenty. Uh, no, wait, that was three years ago. Fuck. Um, what? Whatever. Like a couple of years ago, we had Common Rider Saber, which is just one of the worst pieces of media <laughs> I have ever seen. Like, just it's rough. It, oh man and like after that we had Common Rider Revice which was uninspired but technically worked as a narrative which counts as an improvement um, I I think Geats that's just wrapped up you know I think was a very classic case of there are some great ideas here they occasionally make good on them there's some fun stuff, but it's it's just kind of a mess. Like the overall impression I got was um they had some cool ideas, but nobody had like the vision or the time or the skill to knit it all together into a into kind of like a 
a well-tailored story, you know. I mean, Ivo, how do you feel about it? Yeah, that I, I would broadly agree. Like, I think on one hand, they knowing that that was probably how it was going to be, like, did chop the show into distinct arcs, but then they did not really have those arcs follow into each other in a in a logical way. It, and it's so definitely- it, it sort of feels like the show ends five times and then has just puts in new stuff that doesn't fit where it is often. Uh, But it turned out okay. I think that it's a show that started strong and sort of gradually lost steam as it went along. Mm -hmm. Because the whole point is, so the whole premise was, you know, it's, it's a Battle Royale game. They dump however many Kamen Riders into the world and whoever wins the game gets their heart's desire granted. And the the problem is the way they well the problem and the interesting thing is the way they set it up is not that it's one game that lasts the entire series it's that it's a series of games and like one game normally takes like seven to ten episodes you know and that's interesting because it keeps the format changing and they keep obviously mutating the game but also it kind of reduces the importance of the whole premise you know the idea that you're going to win and have a mm-hmm. wish granted is sort of immediately has its legs cut out from under it because there's then, only so yeah. much you can do to change the premise. And then in the like back, the last, let's say 10 episodes, there's like four to five different games, right? It's just like the world's getting reset every two fucking episodes. Yeah. And like by that point, like there are multiple characters who are technically gods and all this kind of thing. And, and it just sort of, the last, I would say the last 10 episodes especially, the show just kind of falls apart um, in, into just kind of like incoherent fighting, which, you know, it's a kid's show, so that's the most important part. But it is disappointing, you know, because I think that they did have some fun characters, they did have some interesting ideas that they were playing with, but but they they just couldn't cash the check, you know, they they couldn't really draw out all the potential there's a bit of it and that's why the show is still fun and broadly entertaining but but there's there's a lot of untapped potential in the end there i think yep so better than the last two but maybe not that yeah i I I, I think the thing, and you know, I wrote quite an extensive final impressions piece. So read that if you if you want to see like my more granular criticisms. But the thing I kind of speculate on in that is that like the format has become such a straitjacket that it's difficult for them to tell stories the way they want to. You know, because at this point. Um, there are so many restrictions, you know, they are limited in the budget they have, obviously, this has always been a very low budget thing, you know, they are limited with the locations they can shoot, they're limited by them, there's a mandate that there must be so many riders, because riders sell toys, and so recent shows have had increasingly large numbers of riders, you know, they're limited in terms of monsters, in terms of, like, special effects and stuff like that, and the net result of all these things is that kind of recent shows have kind of all been beaten into the same rough mold and and my worry is that they will continue to become more and more homogenized as sort of toe tighten the screws on that stuff does that make sense yeah and i guess yeah. we're gonna find out because we've got the next one <laughs> yes i mean th- this train never stops yes <laughs> so the new the new show is called carmen rider gotchard um is it train themed 
No, but there is a train involved. Um, what, so, what, what is uh, what is the the, the theme the the hook so on this one? It's alchemy. Like the the oh. idea is that <laughs> okay. Look, there's there's been some weird shit, you know. Like, but basically the idea is that like um, stop me if you've heard this one before, but our hero is an ordinary high school student. Yes. Uh, who oh, wow. wanders into the realm mm. of alchemists and magicians. And wouldn't you know it, uh, the power of alchemists is represented in the form of handy-dandy, customizably collectible cards um, uh-huh. that you can buy in blind packs. Oh, uh, man, we got cards now, too. <laughs> I mean, we've had cards multiple yeah. times before. Okay. Like, this is, exactly like Power Rangers and Super Sentai, you know, there are certain gimmicks and themes which come around fairly regularly. So... The whole shtick here is that, you know, he transforms using the power of two separate cards. So, like, you can have combinations of stuff. So his basic form is he combines a grasshopper and a steam train. Uh, the steam train <laughs> can only say okay. steam. Uh, the steam train is also voiced by Nobuyuki Hiyama. So, uh, Fuck it, sure. So you just have Nobuyuki Hiyama shouting steam <laughs> a lot. Yeah, um, yep. that's pretty good. That bit's pretty good. Yeah, um, the idea is like what each trading card, each card is like, you know, a um, Pokeball for yeah, some a magical sort of creature. They're called Chemies. Yeah, um, for some sort of creature created by alchemy, right? Uh, yeah, and so, and, and they've yeah, been look, scattered to the wind, and the the villains are trying to collect them, but the heroes also need to collect them. Yeah, and, and you problem. You've got like the usual mishmash of aesthetics here. So the villains are three sisters who look vaguely Egyptian. Uh, the lead villain is literally played by like a eight year old child or something like that. Um, so they look Egyptian, but they are Japanese, obviously, and they're named after the mm. Greek fates. So Clotho, Lachesis. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So already mm. we're kind of all over the place. Introduction <laughs> you know, card games, man. Yeah, like. you know, and and the whole idea is that like there's a secret society of like alchemists hidden from the world who have been like defending the world with magic and stuff like that. And uh, and wouldn't you guess it? Our our um, hero's uh, beautiful but cold classmate is secretly an alchemy apprentice and so is his teacher and etc 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 you know um what i I will say is like because this this setup is so overtly reminiscent to me of like kids shows like Yu-Gi-Oh and such like a digimon show or something like this setup is so Yu-Gi-Oh gx or something right like yeah yeah because of that i'm like a little more willing to roll with it uh as opposed to something that's like trying to be more more serious uh yeah that that makes a certain amount of sense yeah i mean for me like i just i'm not particularly a big fan of like mystical themed common riders they Uh tend to have a very great record of this i mean like we've already spoken about common rider saber i was not a big common rider wizard fan either though i know some people are um mm-hmm. and you know Kamen Rider is one of the few pieces of Japanese media where your hero is generally not a high school student so making him a high school student is you know like already you have diluted some of the unique appeal 
for me there. You know, and it, right. again, it makes sense because this is a show for like tween and teen boys. But um, it it's yeah, everybody just feels a little bit like they're going through the motions in the first episode. Um, by the time you hear this, there will be a second episode out, but we have not yet seen it. So uh, we're going purely on the first episode here. And again, I wrote a post. You can check it out if you want. But but my overwhelming impression is that it's it's fine, you know. But um, but there wasn't really anything which which lit a spark for me really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, See, and like, I'm... what if what if like this this alchemy themed common writer like what if instead it was about a pair of brothers mm-hmm. and um. You see, uh, their mother died when they were okay. young, and yep. uh, it set okay. them down this path of pursuing yep. uh, alchemy. And uh, yep. yeah, actually, and you know, transported I, to the real world. No, okay, like, like I, I, I was joking at first, but also, kind of, how fucking sick would it be if there was a common writer where, like, you had the person, but their suit was like a sentient, like, wait, has this been done? Yeah, like, like, I mean, there have been multiple variations of this yes. done. Oh like normally okay. it's done through the form of the character is possessed by monsters instead like carbon rider deno is the premier example of this but there okay. have definitely there have definitely been like you know haha wacky hijinks with the source of your powers mm-hmm. uh carbon rider revice itself was like a buddy duo thing with an extremely uh racially questionable um <laughs> sidekick oh um, cool I think uh, Aqua described him speaking in whatever the Japanese equivalent of a black scent is. Uh, oh, I, uh, mm, I did not like Carbon Rider Revice very much. Um, He's cool with the kids. Yes, he of was course. very. He of was. Course. There was very strong. Hi, how are you doing, fellow kids? Energy from mm. that character. But in any case, you know, I mean, I mm-hmm. I think obviously. The thing about shows that are a year long, right, is that like you generally have to give them a little bit more time to settle into their rhythm. And the other thing is that, like a lot of kids' shows, like every single first episode of Carmen Rider is the same because right. the whole point is to like show off all the cool merch that is now mm-hmm. available on store shelves. Um, yeah. So it's to kind be, of hard to judge yeah. these shows from the first right. episode. I think like to get out of what I was saying before, like. They, these shows do take time to sell into the rhythm, but I think because Gotchard is following like a very familiar rhythm to me, I'm like, okay, I see, I, I see where you're going with this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's too early to say whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm yeah. not incredibly inspired, but I have been very wrong about Carmen Rider shows before. I mean, In fact, there's plenty of people who will tell you I still am very wrong about Carmen <laughs> Rider shows. So yeah. we'll have to see about that one. I mean, I mean, Iro, is it like? You say that's kind of playing into your personal childhood nostalgia kind of thing? Or... Probably. It's like, it also has an opening right back on. So it's like, I, I think about Gundam Build Fighters. A word? So, a word? Back uh-huh. on? I back didn't on. actually know that. Um, yeah. Um, how uh, how, how, how have, ill-fitting have, is the rap interlude? Yeah, I was going to say, does it have breakdowns for crazy rap segments? I'm pretty sure it does. Um, Excellent. It's It's... It's a back on track. Like, yeah. You know, yes. Uh, but <laughs> um, yes, I just sort of mentally connect that with this show mm-hmm. is for kids and maybe it's, it will be fun if I'm leaning. okay I mean, with the, that. I mean, they're always mm-hmm. for kids, but like this one is actually like, yeah. More oh, uh, yes. to that, right? I have 
I have forgotten one very important thing to mention, mm. which is at one point, just before the fight starts in that first episode, oh, yeah. they do a drone shot and the video quality goes through the fucking floor. And I have no <laughs> idea what they just have like talking... an off the shelf drone. Uh, no, no, they, like, uh... no. To be clear, that's normally what happens. Normally oh, what okay. happens is the video quality gets way worse because they are clearly just using commercial off-the-shelf drones. This is much worse than that. It goes to like 240p YouTube video levels. Uh, oh, okay. um, Super blurry, yeah. yeah so, oh, so that, somebody, that almost... Somebody duct-taped a, uh, oh, man. No, like, no, no, a VHS camera to a 3G to a lot. No, because like, it's like, I- I'm trying to think, right? It's like That almost seems like it had to have been like an encoding issue or like something wasn't speaking it, to something so, else because I think even the cheapest drone cameras these days do a higher resolution so than what it looks like they much, reconstruct it. Something like that. What it looks like to me is that somebody set like a bitrate cap and so as the camera starts moving the quality plummets to try oh, oh man. <laughs> so oh. I, I don't but like Put it this way, like we are totally used to when the kinetic drone shots start, the video quality takes a dive because they are switching from proper cameras. This makes right. us all shout aloud in horror. Yeah. And let's be clear, like even the quote unquote proper cameras used on Kamen Rider are not great. Like uh, on modern Power Rangers shows, you can very clearly see when they switch to American footage because the quality of the footage leaps up exponentially. Um, <laughs> Because they're filming the American stuff on like red epic 8Ks and stuff like that. But here, like I said, it is literally like, oh shit, this is like you pulled this from like an 8th gen YouTube video. And the only thing I can think of is something went wrong and they did not have time to reshoot it. So they just had yeah. to roll with mm-hmm. what they've got. Which makes sense, you know, because like talkie shows are made very cheaply, very close to airing date. But man, yeah. it, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not a great sign. You know, yeah. A better, uh, would... a slightly better sign is that the main writer is uh, Keiichi Hasegawa. Oh, who uh, also worked on Rage of Bahamut Genesis and uh, SSSS Gridman and Dynasty yeah. Nine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a that's a very good, good track writer. Record. And he's yes, he's been yeah. on some less good common writers and such before. Um, so it doesn't. And also on some good you... common writers. So yeah, not anything. I, I think you know. And and part of this goes back to what I was talking about before, right? Where like the, the um, format, the right. format is so restrictive that it kind of limits what you can do. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to see uh, if they can push back against that. This is like Kamen Rider and Tokusatsu in general is also a production famous for the heavy hand in which Toei executives have in it, because again, yeah. it is primarily a merchandising vehicle. Right. So. Um, you know, writers tend to be on a pretty short leash. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. It's definitely an encouraging sign, but like I said, I I didn't see too much of that in this first episode. So right. jury's out. Yep. Okay, so let's uh, move on to some anime. Anime. Which we're still watching. <laughs> watch that every now and then. Sometimes. Somehow. Uh, let's start with... Um, Jujutsu Kaisen, which you guys are our good watching. old friend. Back. Jujutsu Kaisen, it's back. I, I, it, I kind of forgot. We haven't. T- I feel like we haven't talked about it in a while. But also, I wasn't on the last episode. Yeah, it was so. actually I mean, on break for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah so okay. that is the reason. There, there was nothing to talk about. If I recall, the last like, thing I heard, we had ended the flashback. Yes, and we're yes. back into like actual Jujutsu Kaisen now. 
Yes, we are. Um, (laughs) This is it. The way this has been airing is interesting because, like, it almost feels like they basically intentionally want to split up the prologue and now what is properly season two, as if they were like actually entirely different seasons of the anime. Like, they make this very clear because with the first episode, uh, once we are out of the prologue. We have a new OP by the good Jujutsu Kaisen OP guy <laughs> with a song composed by the guy who did the second uh, uh, Ranking of Kings OP. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, they, they are very much making this very declarative like, statement. Stylistically, like, we, it's yes. back to the regular Jujutsu Kaisen, right? Yes, they, that, that is very much the intention. And the first episode of this return very much feels that way. It very much feels like them being like, hey, we're back. It's the it's the old dynamic, you know, like the 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 first ep- the first uh, of this episode. Uh, it's gonna be weird because I'm, I'm I'm gonna keep calling it the first episode, but I think it's technically technically like episode oh. seven or something of this right. season. But right, um, but but it opens with basically the Jujutsu Kaisen Chunin exams. Basically, they're like talking about how. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, they're, Who's getting they're... promoted to what rank? Right after the, the next uh, rank, after the big fight thing at the end of season right. two, or and season and one. and we have this we, we have this very entertaining segment where Toto, uh, Mister Boogie Woogie, and um, what's her name, May May, I believe the the weird mm-hmm. ponytail lady are like. I, I guess the idea, the way it works at Jujutsu Kaisen is that to get like a promotion to the next rank of sorcerer, you need to have a higher level sorcerer. Uh, um, endorse recommend you. you yeah yeah exactly and uh yeah there's, you know i mean we don't need to break down every joke but there's some good character bits there because you know toto steals the show every every second he's on screen you know just a big goofy you know Long ball head, of charisma yeah. right you know um and then it kind of cuts to just the main trio hanging out like downtown like mm-hmm. like yuji megumi and nobara are just walking through the streets of tokyo and like it's implied they just finished up like some small errand and like you know right. they're all basically about to go whole like they're basically about to split up right like all right well um so uh, what are you doing and you know Yuji's like I'm going <laughs> to see a movie and Megumi's like fuck that I'm going home and uh, <laughs> Nobara's like in, in, in the classic way that friends hang out it's like Nobara's like well I was gonna go shopping but what movie are you gonna watch and Yuji yeah. tells her it's this really fucking insane horrible worm man mutant movie or whatever <laughs> you know like it's it and and the f- the fourth in the series but you don't need fourth? to see the first three yes me. yes like he he's getting like the whole like fanboy <laughs> yes. breakdown Deep. of like and you see like this fourth movie unlike you know some of the prior entries is actually more about like the metaphorical condition of the worm man and his relationship <laughs> to like his humanity and society <laughs> Uh-huh. This is exactly the Jujutsu Kaisen content yeah. I wanted. And yeah. it's great because mm-hmm. it cuts to, it hard cuts to no bar and she's like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I'm going shopping. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> good shit. It's really good. Look, it, oh, yeah, man, yeah. The, the dynamic of these three are it's 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 so fucking good. And it, uh, it it makes you feel like, ah, okay, we're back. And um yeah. The the big thing then that happens this episode is that a girl named Yuko shows up and runs into Nobara and uh Yuko is a former classmate of Yuji's from I think middle school and you know the Yeah. 
she is kind of shown she is a girl who is, I guess, revealed to have always had a crush on Yuji. Um, uh-huh. You know, and, and there's this element of, like, Yuko is the, like, you know, the trope they're playing with is that she is the the ugly duck. She was the ugly duckling, you know, the, uh, the, the yeah. late bloomer, right? Like, uh-huh. she, took, she took her glasses off and let her hair down. Uh, well, yeah. not she only did weight, that yeah. happen, she, like, grew two feet taller. Uh, oh. Like, she uh-huh. is, like, by far, like, one of the tallest members of the cast. Hmm. They make a deep and if you cut to fucking Yu Hawk show here. Yeah, and, like yeah. a really goofy like, because it's and not like, even a more important character. Anymore. Right, right, yeah. Like, like Nomar, no, no Bar just makes like an offhand reference to like a one-off character from Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Um, and you know, as we all remember, Yuji said that the type of women he likes are tall women with big asses. So you yes. know, like uh-huh. they made that very uh, and clear. No Bar- yeah. And no remembers <laughs> this, and so no Bar immediately clues into, oh, this is going to be funny. <laughs> and so you know uh-huh. i love like, i love her, nobara so much <laughs> takes like, her to it like you know takes her to like a yes. family diner you know and is like asking you know you know she just wants the gossip right she's like okay so well hey tell me how you met yuji like what do you uh-huh. see in him you know and all this stuff uh-huh. right and you go like yuko's flashback literally transports us back to the toto like school flashback dimension like hazy pinks and everything but mm-hmm. oh, right. his like back. his like flashback of like his like mind palace yeah, yeah. didn't didn't his, actually happen, but like his except this actually did happen. Right, so it's yes. like it's it's but it's still funny right. because it is portrayed. It's like every time they flashback to like God, I forgot about that. That was so days. that was so good. Um, yes, yeah. It turns out <laughs> Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen can be really good when it wants to. Um, and so the really like fun thing is like initially Nobara is like man this is gonna be I, this is great material I can't wait to fuck with Yuji you know with this stuff yes just like, like lo- just like loading her gun with this yeah. right like yeah except just like her bullets yeah and the thing that works out is like Yuko is like so damn earnest like she is like the epitome of the like I don't know the you know that it's a little chewy right but she is the like you know small bean character except she happens to be like six two. her earnestness is like so like true to her heart that nobar is like all right hold on let me text uh megumi real quick and so text megumi again the sasuke of the trio and is like yo come back here i don't care what you're doing (laughs) like come to this cafe (laughs) we have to talk about this and megumi shows up and he's like this better be good (laughs) <laughs> and like, see, see, looks at Yuko. Hears like one word out of her mouth, and he like hard cuts to him sitting down. Is like, oh, this is good. <laughs> and eventually, they text Yuji and tell him to like show up. Right, like, yo, you got to come here right now. And he's like, I was just about to see the movie, and Nobara's like, it doesn't matter. This is more important. <laughs> and so he shows up, and there's this great bit where Nobara's like. Oh fuck! I super fucked up because Yuko looks totally different from that photo of her in middle school, and I I didn't say anything in the text, so now Yuji's going to be like, "Who the heck is this stranger?" And then Yuji immediately goes, "Yeah, yeah, exactly." And then Yuji immediately goes, "Oh shit, sup Yuko? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) How you doing?" And yeah. it's it's that's, it's just that's very... the only way you should really ever end that kind of arc, to be honest. Right. Uh-huh. And it's just like again, there's like no narrative stakes here. They don't fight a single demon, though. Unfortunately, the introduction of this like normie muggle like innocent girl is like, oh man, you 
they're probably going <sighs> to kill her later. She's yeah, going to die. We, yeah, we've all I mean, read enough Shonen to know this is exactly what you do with a character like this, which is a shame. Only one she's, week from retirement. Yeah. Uh, she 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 is genuinely quite likable, uh, but um, you know, it's it's it kind of feels like that's what they're setting up here. But like the character dynamics of the three, just uh -huh. it, it shines so well in this episode, and it kind of makes the second of these two episodes. Um, a kind of a small microcosm of I think many of our like anxieties about Jujutsu Kaisen because yeah. the plot gets rolling and you know the one of the one of the like simmering B plots of the of the of the tournament arc is that oh there might be a traitor among us right that there might be a spy who is feeding information to the bad guys right and we find out that it's Mekamaru the the puppet guy um Mm -hmm. and whose thing is that he like was born with aches like a really sickly frail body but has high spirit power and so what he does is he's laying in his life support bathtub and right, 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 right. puppets a mechanical body around everywhere else yeah. right and it turns out that the reason he is working with the baddies is because uh mahito the the like the villain who can like f sculpt your flesh you know like all the weird like mutation stuff Right, right. They, they've 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 agreed to cut a deal where he will use his powers to basically fix um, uh, Mechamaru's fix body. body. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And of course, both parties always intended to betray the other after this deal was closed. Right, like Mechamaru. Mechamaru's plan was like, I'm going to draw them into my lair where all my puppets are, and I'm going to jump them as soon as I'm healed. And of course. Mahito is, you know, the main bad guy of the story, so he was also like, I'm gonna kill this dude. <laughs> right. Know? And the thing about this fight is like, look, Mechamaru is a cool dude. He's got a robot body. It shoots lasers. Uh -huh. But also, when you introduce a character like this whose plan is, I'm going to kill the main villain of this shonen franchise. Right. Also doomed. Yes. You kind of yeah. know how this fight's gonna go, right? Yeah. And so it's revealed that the reason why Mekamaru is so confident that he can take Mahito is because he has a giant Evangelion-sized version of one of his puppets <laughs> stored mm -hmm. underneath his like base of operations. Ah, uh, yes, the inevitable path of all shonen anime where they eventually devolve into the Mecha show. <laughs> and... You know, it, as if the jobber energy could not get any higher, he reveals that he has been siphoning, you know, his, like, overwhelming spirit power uh -huh. into this mech. And so it is holding 18 years worth of his spiritual energy to, to fuel it. And, uh -huh. you know, it's a really cool fight. Um, MAPPA is not even remotely, like, ashamed of this. They... Re they, they constantly reference both Evangelion and Gurren Lagann in this fight. Like, down to, oh, yeah. like, the a, shots. a lot of shot composition and stuff is yes. ripped straight from stuff. Like, you know that shot of the, the Evangelion jumping over, like, the cliff? And yes, they do below. that exact shot, yeah. Stuff like you that. Know, they, they have it do the whole, like, you know... Mouth open doors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, screams into the air, and it's a really cool fight. I mean, it's you know, it's a fucking giant robot shooting laser beams, and you know, there's like an Atano Circus like segment that's like insanely well animated. There's a really, really um, cool cut that got wrecked by TV standards. Yes, where yes. Uh, 
yeah, he's shooting these lasers and like Mahito is running through the woods constantly transmogrifying to different animals to like parkour through the trees. And, and it's like barely visible because of the like the seizure. Ghost scene. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, rules. The, 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 I always refer to it as the Pikachu effect, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, hey, that fight will probably look really good in the Blu ray release. Yeah, probably. But um, it's a really, really good looking fight. Like, even though Sung Ho Park's not involved with this, like, production, mm-hmm. you could tell Mappa is bringing it in a way they never did for Chainsaw Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, it's really impressive. And yes, it is, like, blatantly homaging, you know, a bunch of iconic mecha scenes, right? But, like, hey, if you're going to steal, steal from the best, right? And it's great. And, like, I mean, the end of the fight is literally the end of the final fight against the anti-Spiron Gurren Lagan, where it is literally Mechamaru jumping through a bunch of, like, charging through a bunch of tendrils as its limbs get blasted off. And then the Mechamaru puppet opens, and there's... Right, and then it gets smaller, smaller and smaller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a fucking, great shot. Like, it's sick as hell. <laughs> and then you know, Mechamaru dies because he's a fucking jobber B plot character. Right, and, like yeah. they really try to like make you feel bad because they imply that um the blue haired girl with a sword has a crush mm-hmm. on Mechamaru, and like you oh, know she's, she's, she's never and, and when he finally gets back, he can he can finally be with her. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like his motivation for oh this fight God. is I'm gonna li- I'm gonna survive this. And I'm gonna see her, and I'm finally gonna be able to hold her. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, bro. Like, you built your entire plan out out of being <sighs> thinking you were the one who was going to defeat the main villain of a shonen series. <laughs> okay, I I have a small sidetrack here. I have to mention. <laughs> okay. Could, could, Completely unrelated, but also kind of related. It, there was a very good joke in Honkai Star Rail recently where the <laughs> okay, uh, okay, the uh, the I, I, you don't now. even need you don't really need the context other than somebody made a joke how like going to talk to this person felt like they were going to have to talk to the, the big bad evil guy, and your you know chaotic main character garbage person was cracks a joke of like you know after this I'm going to go home. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to marry my, you know, my childhood sweetheart, yeah. <laughs> childhood sweetheart whatever. And all the characters yeah, are like, yeah. and all the characters just text back, please stay alive. <laughs> stay alive. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. But, but that yes, is, it, it was that kind of yes, energy to it, right? And it's like right. That... Yes, that's saying, you know, the inevitable, like, what's going to happen, right? Right. And, like, the reason why, again, I, I say it is a microcosm of, like, some of Jujutsu Kaisen's problems is, like, not only is this fight extremely telegraphed it it looks great but it is extremely telegraphed but also the character mechamaru never stops referring to the idea that his win condition is he just needs to survive long enough to get the message out to gojo like gojo will come and save me right his whole plan is like like if i can't kill him then as long as i get the the message out to gojo by causing then gojo will solve everything right Right. And like, and so it kind of turns this into the like, you know, watching Piccolo and Krillin fight the Cybermen while waiting for Goku to get there. Like, no. right. problem, right? Of like, oh, like, you kind of know how this fight's going to go because, like, as good as it looks, there's no tension. And then the episode ends with the beginning of the next arc, which is like the villains finally go public and launch their attack on downtown Tokyo on Halloween. And like, the plot, the, <laughs> they the literally the, like, they, they just lock like 5,000 people in a bubble and tell them all, call Satoru Gojo here. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just and like, so, oh, okay. And so all the characters are standing outside of this bubble and Gojo's here to save the day. It walks in and it's like, you just, you already know that they're doing this to put Gojo in the bubble so that then they can attack everybody who's outside of the bubble. Right. Or because the only tension in this series exists is when Gojo is not within arm's reach. Right. right because right. Gojo is the like unassailable problem solver of this story. The only tension is where is he in relation to the characters we are currently watching, right? The only tension about the Mechamaru fight is that Gojo wasn't there. The only tension about this upcoming arc is going to be, oh no, Gojo gets isolated from the rest of like the heroes. And right. it's just, yeah, there's... it. You Whenever Poochie isn't on screen, all the mm-hmm. other characters should be asking, where's Poochie? Yeah, it's yeah, it yeah. kind of is that. And Probably it kinda... having like an invincible character, right? Right, and it's like... Why aren't they here to solve this then? Like, you know, for all the faults of its modern-day run, like, one of the <laughs> smartest things that My Hero Academia did with the character of All Might, who was that show's, like, Superman analog, is that the heroes exist in a world after All Might has been, like, permanently maimed and, like, cannot like, draw upon his full powers anymore. He can, but only for, like, a couple minutes at a time. And so there is, like, real tension in, like, All Might is your get-out-of-jail-free card, but you only get that, like, once an arc, if even. And then after a certain point, you don't even get that anymore, you know? That card gets played for the last time. And the problem is Gojo doesn't have any of those limitations. His only limitation is his singular existence, that is, right. it, that is his only weakness. <laughs> he can't be everywhere all at once. That's his only, yes, and most of the time. <laughs> that's just... Yeah, it's not that it's interesting. Just, yeah, it really isn't. And, like, my hope was, like, oh, well, maybe Jujutsu Kaisen will, like, up the tension by, like, maiming or crippling... Right, um, having um, some Gojo. way to, like, knock him down a peg, but that's but probably then, not going to happen. They're, they're just tells going to lock him in a box, right? Right, yeah. and then Iro tells me the manga, currently in its current chapters, is about a big Gojo fight. So, like... Right, that's what I've heard, spo- yeah. Like, so, spoilers, he doesn't go away. He's going to be a big part of this series. <laughs> I know, yeah. Going forward, well, and... This- I mean, I, I hate to be cynical about it, but this is when we talk about him being, like, the most popular character, right? The author... Yeah. If the author is you know, wants to give the people what they want, if that's what they want, yeah, then I guess yeah, so, man. we're just yeah. gonna keep getting more Gojo, right? So Yeah, and it's 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 a I shame mean, because again, mm-hmm. like that first episode like was such a feel good like return to form. Like like Ira and I were like legitimately like, yeah, right? Yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. good. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're not we're well, not when crazy, it's about right? the like, um, main trio that we like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I see what you're saying with that sort of being encapsulating all the good and bad, right? Like in one in two episodes, was it? But yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, main cast is great, chemistry is great, a lot of fun. The fights look awesome, but the actual plot is either very unoriginal or Go Gojo ruins everything because <laughs> it kind right? of is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's sort of the the downside and you know i thought the the good outweighed the bad in season one to where i was enjoying it enough but Mm -hmm. i don't know if they're gonna just like keep leaning on gojo because everybody loves him that's that that does really 
start to <laughs> wear on you after a while, no, right? It, yeah. it, it kind of, it frankly, it doesn't bode well for Jujutsu Kaisen, I, I at least for I me, don't think, in the long run. I don't think in season one his presence was that bad, as far as, like... He shows up, like, one time, right? Or yeah. Like, he, he beats the bad guy, like, one time, or something. Right, but until he arrived, it still felt like there was, like, some kind of tension yeah. or something. And I guess that, maybe... one, that was the plot. There was like we put up the barrier that locks him out. Right. right. He's like, well, I have to stand here and like break this for however long, and who right. knows how many people will die in that time. Right. So like, and and that and it was still so, kind so of we're I kind guess... of just yeah, we're kind of just rehashing that in the opposite direction. Right. right. It was still it was still kind of fresh at that point too, right? But after you do it mm-hmm. the second, third, fourth time or whatever, then it starts to get <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Well. I I'll I'll see how you what you guys think of the rest of the season before I waste my time on uh <laughs> as it is like if I were to watch it I'd probably just skip the the flashback and just jump yeah, into yeah. the uh, Yeah, it sounds good. like there's no connection whatsoever. You don't to, you don't uh, need it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that like should have just been like a movie or something, right? Like separate movie mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. <sighs> All right. Yeah, that's Jujutsu Kaisen. Speaking of Let's move on to another yeah. so, something else that disappointed me. Uh, yeah, and yeah. beginning to sense a theme here. Let's let's talk about undead murder farce or undead girl murder farce, whatever we're calling it. Um, look. Yeah. All right. Start of a new arc. So uh-huh. I knew this show was not going to stay public domain character battle royale. That's fine. I I I was I, I was at peace with that, even though that was the most fun we were having in the the last arc. Yes, unquestionably. Um, I guess it's just disappointing seeing it go to back to exactly what it was in the previous arc, where it's like right. this yeah. really dull. And in some ways, I f- I'm finding this one even less interesting. Uh, I think it's because the conclusion is more obvious here than it was previously. God, I really hope it's not. I mean, I I feel like, <laughs> I mean, uh, the end of the latest episode is like, I mean. It's so anticlimactic that it's. I, I, I'm like, surely, surely yeah, right. there's it's an funny because when I'm watching, here, yeah, right? I'm like, I keep thinking. It's like I'm overthinking the show because I am willing to like. I assume it's going to like pull some switcheroos, but then it, it it's like, oh no, it's this person who, weirdo who lives on the outskirts of town is the world, and I'm like, wait, yeah. is that it? Yeah, is that, so, wait, is that, is that just it? To, just to clarify for the listeners what we're talking about because yes we've i think we've kind of talked about this separately but the it's gone back to like the murder mystery format right where where you know we spend two episodes gathering clues and talking to people yeah and you know by the end you know it's i mean this one was a lot more obvious i think what was going on right yeah so yeah just just to give some context right the case this week is that they are they're in the mountains on their way to like trying to find what, the, the forest of fangs, you know, the yeah, werewolf yeah. town, Barkerville, yeah. and, um, <laughs> and uh, they kind of run into a like isolated small German village that has been beset by werewolf problems. Right, that uh, young young girls and women are being abducted and then found later. You know, you know, dead and brutalized. Teamed, yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's up to our trio to. You know, to solve the case, <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, you know, it's it's, wow, w- wouldn't you know? It's a small town with a dark secret, and mm-hmm. uh, 
Gosh. You know, people, the, the things may not be as they seem in this small town. And and there was a dark event in their recent history, which nobody talks about, but cast a shadow over the town, uh-huh. etc. You know, yeah, and it's stuff. like, there are aspects of this. I actually was not that down on the first episode of this arc because I was like, yeah, okay, fine, werewolf murder mystery. We were still like, riding high at that point, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think. The, the last and, and, and then, you know, the introduction of, like, a cowboy, and I was like, hell yeah, all right, like, let's see where this goes. And this then, cannot, yeah, this this could not even be saved by, uh, what was her name? Alice uh, Rapidshot. Uh, Alice, Alice Rapidshot, Rapid yes, the, the, the like, blonde cowboy girl who's... The, like, 410 cowboy girl, cowgirl, yes, you know. With the with the dual revolvers, you know, six shots more than enough to uh to kill I, anything I, that moves. I can't remember her partner's name, Kyle something. Uh, uh Kyle Chaintail. Yes. Yeah. The the names the names are good, but We've not seen his weapon so yet, much. but I bet I can guess what it's gonna be. <laughs> I mean <laughs> the names I mean look yes. it, it was Reynold Stinghart and Fatima Double Dart, and turns out <laughs> Yes. Those were pretty descriptive. <laughs> I will yeah. highlight there's a bunch of weird uh, <clears throat> faux film stuff in these episodes. Like, they do some split diopter shots for seemingly no reason other than to make it seem like a film. Oh, the uh, director's working so hard on this. Oh, I know. Trying, yeah. trying to save this uh, thing, right. and it's just like... like... Yeah, split diopter. You might notice since those episodes, there's a few shots where it's like there's a weird blur in the center of the screen and that's imitating a specific type of lens that is bifurcated uh, to keep both sides of the shot in focus at different depths, which in animation, you can just keep, you don't have to. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird. Like depth of field is not a problem when nothing is real. But to make it appear more like cinema, they're including this yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, I mean, in many ways, you know, I guess it, 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 it is probably the strongest aspect of of these episodes. Is like, you Just know, the these two these two episodes of Undead Murder Farce are probably what I would call cinematic in a good way. You know, mm-hmm. like it is it is leveraging like an understanding of a different medium and then applying those to you know, the medium they are actually working in in a way that, like, makes feels sense. intellectual. Yeah, it feels interesting. And, but but also not, like, overly, like... It's not like we're making jarring. this anime into a movie. Right. It, it's, it's not it's not being a Chainsaw Man. Or a, you yes. Know. And well, the thing I, is that, like, for this I don't keep part, saying Chainsaw Man, but yes, that's being the example yes. of we've... You know, yeah. like, I would say, and, and, and the reason why I feel, I feel like it kind of works for these two episodes is, like, because it is leaning, you know, again, I was hoping it was doing this so that we would subvert it later. Turns out maybe it's just playing it straight. But the fact that it was leaning almost into that, like, you know, 90s VHS monster movie vibe, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, our, our, our heroes arrive in a mysterious town beset by tragedy. And it's like, I don't know, I, I, I really dug a lot of the, the, the directing choices in these two episodes. It's, it's just a shame it seems to be in service of... Really, uh, I, I really hope there's a weird line. twist here. Yeah, yeah. like because right. like nothing about these episodes. Like you know, there's the sh- part at the end where um, what Shizuku like yeah falls into the waterfall, and it's like she's fine. 
Yeah. Like, shut like, up. She'll she's die. Fine. She's gonna die just like Professor Moriarty did. Yeah, but... yeah, you know, like, and even if she isn't, like, she's not an unlikable character, but she's kind of a one-note joke, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, she has her role in the chemistry of the main group, but yes, it's like one specific thing she does, right? Um, I think so. My only hope here is that you know that. We we got the we got the mystery part kind of out of the way at this point, right? Which yeah. that was the part that was really dragging for me, where we sp- we drag out two whole episodes of you know people interrogating people, so much talking and like none of it's terribly interesting. You all know where it's going, right? And then the end game though is still to get to this like werewolf village or something, and we know Moriarty and his squad is headed there, right? So yeah, are we gonna get back to the? public domain battle royale by the end of this uh i mean there's only i hope so there's only like a couple episodes left at this yeah point, right so i feel like, like that if you if you want this to end with some sort of climactic encounter then that's the the, the thing that will most likely happen but also yeah. and i don't and know they, man they've proven they can do that in a fun way in the last arc right so like mm-hmm. i i think there's still potential for this to end with a bang but it was just really just drain the life out of me when uh, <laughs> we went from, you know, the last the crazy things happening in the last arc to, you know, back to, you know, two full episodes of mm-hmm. just talking. About Let me explain every detail about. about this room. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I wouldn't mind the talking if it were interesting or revealing you know but right like i said the the mystery here is not really much of a mystery the and and there's not like at least in the previous episode we had like the vampire vibe to keep us going here it's just kind of oh it's a werewolf story among a like bunch of central european villagers and kind of We've not only seen this before, we've seen like parodies, spins, reconstructions, deconstructions <laughs> right. of this a million times. I think a big element of why it's not working is like, you know, so obviously I think I think a big aspect of like why the previous arc works so well, right, is because I, I do generally think that our main trio have a pretty entertaining character dynamic. Like, I feel like, you know, the three work pretty well as a cohesive like narrative unit and so the fun of the previous arc is getting to see that unit bounce off of those other also larger than life characters right right like Mm -hmm. how do the three deal with lupon how do the three deal with sherlock holmes right and right there's something there to work with right there there's a fun you can get a fun verbal back and forth right like half the fun of like Aya hiding in the safe, right, is like, you know, headbutting Arsene Lupin of all people, right? It's <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah. You know, that is the fun of it, right? It, it, and, and I feel like the problem here is like, once again, it is back to just these three, and they don't really have anyone interesting to bounce off of in this town, right? Like, every person in this town is kind of just following the same, like, monster mystery, like, archetypes, right? Like, the... Right. You know the the reclusive artist who lives on the edge of town. You mm-hmm. know the, the 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 old the bitter old man yeah. hiding a secret. You know, and it's like I, I don't like I don't. I mean, like okay, yeah, it doesn't like, seem I, like it's using that for any like that's right. not not using that as a vector to do anything different. 
is the first thing, right? Exactly. It's just and, and, that stuff. And so it's like, I get that, like, okay, you probably can't just write your generic villager to be as big of a character as Sherlock Holmes, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think something I mean, to, like, it's like, like do something, but do something I, with these cliches, really. Like, yeah, yes. and it's like I don't, I don't want it to be gimmicky, but maybe you should always have some kind of Sherlock Holmes or other character in every arc, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're it, it, if you're gonna like you know dump all your toys into the table on on one arc and then not use them in the others, it's like mm-hmm. maybe maybe there should always be somebody like that to bounce off of and spread that out, and that that's. I mean, you kind of, like I said, it kind of run the risk of being like sort of gimmicky with that, I guess. But also that was the most fun we were having yeah. <laughs> with the show. I, so I think even with the vampire stuff, like while it was somewhat cliche vampire stuff, it had the twist of like, instead of somebody's been killed and we're finding out it's a vampire, it's the, so one of the vampires has been killed and we're calling them in to find who killed them, right? Right. So, like, there was an inherent twist on that already, and it doesn't seem like there's one of those in this werewolf thing. Just, yeah, yeah, like, for, for better And to be clear, if it turns out the little girl is a werewolf, that doesn't count as a twist, because no. it's no, extremely <laughs> heavily telegraphed. Like, yes. Like, for better or worse, the thing the vampire arc does do is it does introduce the interesting wrinkle of, like, the world's politics, right? Which, again, are not, is not a huge element of this show, but, like, the fact that it reveals to us, oh, vampires are a nominally mm-hmm. known part of society, right? Like, that people are aware of them. Like, people right. know who these vampires are. They have to field interviews. They call... These, these vampires call the police. Uh-huh. So, like, even though the mystery itself ended up being, you know, fairly straightforward, there was still that element of, like, oh, what an interesting take on, like, yeah. a yeah, lot of these familiar and it's from And it's from the perspective of, you know, quote-unquote, one of the good ones, right? Uh-huh. So, right. like, you know, it's, like, it's a yeah, little Yeah, the werewolf yet. thing, like... Like, other than the part where, like, the villagers acknowledge the existence of werewolves, like, there's not really any of that fun, like, interplay anymore, right? Like, it's just Mm -hmm. playing the werewolf stuff totally straight. Like, the moment, like, they started talking about werewolves, I was like, wait, like, are we gonna get, like, good werewolves again, too? Are there also, like the vampires, are there werewolves who have signed the accords or whatever? (laughs) Like, it doesn't seem like that's happening, so... Yeah. yeah, where is the twist? <laughs> yeah. One I guess one final negative thing. <laughs> the, the the fight at the end with oh, the gold yeah, werewolf it's... looked really bad. And it's not like this sh- not like the action has been amazing in this show, but it's been pretty competent, right? Like and and I feel like they've made some fun choices with some <laughs> of the fights. Yeah. This one was just like felt like they ran out of time, money, whatever. Yeah, you got you got Shizuku out here running like a devil man crybaby <laughs> character. Yeah, there were definitely a few shots there where I was like, "Oh, look, it's a man in a furry wolf costume." Uh, yeah, yeah. So. See, but now I'm like, not to defend it necessarily, but it's like, how much of this is how? Now I'm like, how much of that is intentional and just doesn't work properly because of your weird oh, film stuff right like I, I i i think some of that was definitely either time or budget constraints uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah um i mean that's not like a huge deal in this show but mm-hmm. we've seen them do better which i guess is yeah 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 so 
And especially if we are headed towards some kind of showdown, I'm sure that there are more fights to come once they run into the... I, I don't remember the name of Mor- Moriarty's team. Uh, Banquet. Banquet, yes. It was like some random word that didn't, that didn't have any connection to anything, so I'm just like, I don't remember what it was. But, uh, yeah. I Like I said, yeah. I think there's still potential for the last couple episodes, but there's been enough up and down in this show that it's kind of, I feel like it's hard to make like a, a very clear recommendation to watch it at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we are, I, I almost feel bad that we pushed it as hard as we did to Artemis last, yeah. last episode yeah. because we were she, riding she so ran, high on that arc. Yeah. She ran into like the peak of the show. Right. Yeah. Right, and right. and now we really exist in this very weird place of like, Oh, is it, it, do we, is it, is it that you don't recommend undead murder farce? Is that you recommend watching episodes fourth, like five through nine? Right. Yeah. I think it's those episodes were those episodes were really good. Like yeah, they were. Yeah, they were really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah a very weird those, one. Those yeah. four or five epi- good episodes uh, is enough. I don't know, but we'll <laughs> see. I mean, the ending might be good, and knows, I know yeah. for me, a good ending always goes a long way for mm-hmm. you know my final opinions of a series. Yes. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's talk about the masterful cat is depressed again today. Yeah, the, the supposedly best show of the season. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, even this one has kind of dragged a bit for me. Oh, boy. Um, oh no. It, it hasn't really done anything bad. It just, it's kind of run a little out of steam. I mean, the premise will only take you so far unless you, you know, keep pushing the boundaries and they are not doing that. It's a lot of, you know, girl goes to work and cat gets exasperated and you know not <laughs> really a whole lot more going on um i will say uh, i the the main girl has become more and more relatable i think um as they start leaning into the fact that uh because she is supported by her amazing masterful cat who t- runs her life outside of work uh while she is at work, uh, she does a great job, and everyone looks at her as their cool, reliable senpai who has, you know, has their life together and everything's going great. And you know, she's just an amazing, perfect person. When in you know reality, um, <laughs> at home she is a right. just complete slob, disaster person. Uh, which I, I don't know. I personally find that relatable sometimes. But the, um. Yeah, they ha- so they have a few incidents where like they all go out drinking for work, and then the next day, thanks to the masterful cat's uh, elaborate hangover recovery routine, she's in pretty good shape. Uh, while everyone else is just dragging in the morning, uh-huh. they're like uh-huh. they're like, man, she she can't even she can even handle her liquor. Like she's you know unstoppable. What, what, uh, what is the masterful cat's hangover cure? It was a lot. I don't remember it all to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there was, uh, he, he gave her some like, uh, water and bland miso soup. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. he, he had the, the, the cold compress on the head while she was sleeping or something. And, uh, Ramune candy. Huh? Sure. Um, huh. okay. Which I, I don't know if you guys have ever had Ramune candy, but it actually kind of makes sense to me. Like as far as, uh, you know, maybe settling your stomach or whatever, but, um, sure. like fizzy. Something. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, I'm trying to think the closest candy. It's very chalky, like (laughs) 
Okay. Like kind of like a like a smarty uh, or something. Do you guys know I'll what those love are? Hearts a thing over there. Yeah, maybe a, a little crunchier than a love heart. Yeah, like like a smarty. I, Do you guys know what those are? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah of course. I think we yeah. might be talking about different things though, because a love heart is a tablet basically here. So. Oh, okay. I'm like thinking of the one. I'm thinking tablets. Okay, the love hearts I'm thinking of are the ones that have like the, the words on them. Is that? But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are yeah, but you know yeah. that's kind of chocolate. It's like su- it's like sugar sure. powder compressed into a tablet. Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. So, anyway, uh, the the latest episode, you know, they have the uh, also I feel relatable because this just came up for me recently. Uh, <laughs> was the mm. uh, the they they do a biannual company trip. Oh boy! And. She's like, I don't want to go on this thing. Uh, this, also, <laughs> this also came up for me recently because we're having one next year, and I'm like, oh god, I kind of have to go. And like, uh, they're like, I mean, it's quote unquote, like it's quote unquote optional, but it's not really optional, right. like uh, kind of thing. Of like, if you don't like, it, it, well, I mean, the question always is, if you don't go, do you get that as time off, or are you expected to be in the office if you don't go? Right? And mm-hmm. oh no, you're definitely expected to work if you don't go. Yeah. Ah, uh, see, tell me. well. So it's okay. like it's like it's like. Do I? But see, I work from home, so I don't care if right. I have right. So and like, if everybody else is on the trip, then your working day is like just you alone in the office, which you know. Yeah, and I don't have to deal. travel, and I don't have to travel to Arizona. Um. Mm. So anyway, yeah. So she's all like, right. Joe, I, I got, I got, I got a strategy for you. All right. All right. You just got to catch COVID like a week before this <sighs> trip. <laughs> I, I'm one of the few people left that has never had COVID. I don't yeah. want to start. Never, now. never, it's it's never a better time to start. Oh, I guess he's a, he's a Highlander. Oh, yeah. No, sure. <laughs> look, I wrote I have to look, fight to the death at some point. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> easy. Can be you you just need to go to a local anime convention or fighting game tournament a week before your trip. <laughs> okay. And yeah. Okay. You'll probably catch it. <laughs> Mm, along no, with a I'll bunch f- of other stuff as well <laughs> yeah unfortunately the trip's in may which i think is before uh a lot of conventions but anyway um yeah so you know they kind of play off of that because she's like uh i don't want to go because her life is so good at home because her cat takes care of her and she's yeah. like oh but can i leave the cat home for a couple days by himself and she goes into t- she goes she's like really stressing about this and comes home and tells him that she's gonna be gone for a few days and he's just like peace (laughs) finally thank god (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh and then she's and then as he's like preparing uh her bags and stuff to go she's like wait i'm worried about the cat being home alone can i survive three days (laughs) yeah right (laughs) uh and 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 you know and it and it only reinforces uh to her workmates that she's the she has her life together because like Every time something bad goes wrong, like somebody like scrapes their ankle or something, she's like has all the stuff that he packed, like he packed band-aids and everything. So she's like prepared for everything. And they're like, wow, Senpai is amazing. And uh, stolen uh, valor. Thought, <laughs> yeah. What what if this show kind of like go takes a really dark twist and turns into like a show about how she's completely codependent on her amazingly competent cat? I mean, that's what they're doing, but for laughs. Right. <laughs> basically. But yes. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, you know, it's after she's gone for a day or two, he does realize he misses her because they, they this is still a very yeah. sweet show. And, you know, she she calls him to check on him and he like 
she does that normally, but this time he actually picks up the phone so she can hear him purring. It's very sweet. Uh Um, And, you know, it all works out. But it's, you know, like I said, they I kind of wish they would push the boundaries a little more into like. I don't know, even like when they had the go with the episode where they went to the aquarium, like that's not like a wild, crazy thing, but it's also like it felt like it was stretching the, you know, the the boundaries um, of the show, the the scope of, of, you know, what we're dealing with here. And they haven't really done it. At some point, it's just the same joke over and over. And it's like you need them to take that joke and spin in different ways. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm still enjoying it, but it just. I, I wish it would go wheels. to take something to the next level here and it's just not getting there. But uh-huh. you know, overall, it's still like a positive experience. I don't have anything really bad to say about it. Unlike some of the other shows that I dropped and everything. So has mm-hmm. there been any further, um, go hands insanity or have they mostly dialed that back now? N- nothing, nothing that we haven't experienced already. As I've said before, there's always the one shot per episode of some kind of spinning camera or something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a brief, uh, very brief fight scene <laughs> where uh, there was some, you know, na- neighborhood stalker guy that the main girl takes down. Cause I guess she knows judo some, for some reason. Of course. Sure. And they, they over animated, they over animated the like three seconds that she like flips the guy over her shoulder, you know? So, right. There's still the there's still like the one shot per episode, but they haven't done any like really wild, uh, you know, unexpected things with it. So it's still pretty good. It's still probably my favorite show just by process of elimination. Right. <laughs> but uh, since I'm only watching two new shows, get, I guess. I'm yeah. only, there's only two new shows left that I'm still watching. Uh, it's the one that I've, I, I don't have any. It's all positives for the most part. But yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I just just, just me just laughing, I'm, looking over at the show notes. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I, you guys have had, had like literally nothing to say about this, but we just, we we got nothing else to talk about this season. When you are, man. I you, you are Sinduality still watching noir. Yes, you are still watching Sinduality Noir. Has anything? Anything devo- interesting happened. <laughs> they devoted a no. whole they devoted a whole ass episode to showing you the the playable character, the main character. No, wait, 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 wait. Yes, they do that. But Eero, we need to we need to talk about the first episode. Uh, what was before? What was before that? I they don't even water remember. It's, oh it's my a beach God. episode. Oh right. So uh, we get our obligatory girls go to the beach episode, right? I feel and, like you uh-huh. don't see those that much these days. Either that or I'm just not watching those shows anymore. But Right, yeah. and this is like this is the thing that's so confusing about this, is because like the way anime is produced, you couldn't have made this episode at the last minute, right? Like this is not like some like uh-huh. desperation maneuver of like quick deploy the beach episode. But like this episode felt like such a blatant last-ditch effort to make us like any of the characters. Like, please, look, they're in bikinis. Look at the titties. Please like these characters. And it's like... Uh-huh. Oh, no. look, she's so like, embarrassed about like, seeing the and, voice you like. know, maybe the only reason I want to bring it up is because it gives us an excuse to talk about the one and only good, like, beach episode in the history of anime, which is the one from Dinazenon. <laughs> uh, which has the uh, the fucking just technically I, a pool episode, but I, this yes, is a pool episode. Too. Uh, yes, sure. this is also a pool episode. In fact, I, um, I'm gonna get what you mean. 
I'm going to push back on that slightly. And um, God, what was the name of that show? Are you going to talk about that one that's like... Yes, la- like, last, period. last period. Last uh, period. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> that is actually the greatest Beach episode yeah, of all time. Right. That's a game, right? Fair yes, enough. where where yeah. uh, where to you know it's been a while since we talked about it. Oh, they man. they they'd use their beach episode to make a statement about um a, a protesting uh Japanese remilitarization <laughs> and <God. laughs> freedom of speech. Oh great, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, that's to me is still the greatest beach episode of all time. But yes, Dinazina oh, also oh. very good. Just, just, just shout, shout out to the classic trigger uh-huh. gag of just replay, just having the lifeguard uh-huh. just hold on the frame <laughs> of the lifeguard for a yes. little too long. I'll, that was I'll, very. I'll also very good. shout out the pool episode in the uh, in the, the Fate spinoff where they're cooking. Uh, <laughs> there's there's some fun ones yeah. when they play with that concept. Yeah, that one's uh, the, fun. The yeah. Azumanga die the Azumanga Dio Beach uh, arc is. It gives us the legendary knife Osaka scene. So. That is true. This, this is all to say that the point is that is we this list is out multiple. <laughs> yes, as we list out multiple beach slash pool episodes where it was used for some really fun gags or character development by exploring the main character's PTSD. Right. Cinderella um, so- <laughs> Noir doesn't do any of that shit. Right. Because here's the thing: at its core, what these episodes actually are, other than the fan service, like, but uh, other than the fan service, what these episodes like functionally exist to do narratively is to either act as a like tension release valve or as a scenario intentionally designed to set up slice of life uh, 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 style like situations for these characters, yeah. right? Which both can have legitimately great uses in fiction, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I know this is—I know this sounds like me saying, "Well, actually, you see, the boob window symbolizes her character." Like, I, there there is an element of that, but like in all in all realness, right? Like, you can use a beach pool episode because here here's the thing, all right? Okay. Obviously, they're doing this because it's, you know, anime has a bunch of hot girls. That's why we do pool episodes, right? But here's the thing. Normal people go to the beach as well and do normal beach things, right? And so the appeal can often be seeing these characters who are often, I don't know, you know, shooting laser beams or piloting mechs just like hanging out, chilling, you know, straight chilling. Yes, Having having a break. I mean, in that theory, is why each episode still exists in less fan service shows and right. as well. And so, in theory, that's kind of, like, what this episode is meant to be. It's like, ah, see, look, the characters are hanging out when they don't have to fight giant robots or, or, or monsters. Except, like, we don't like any of the characters, and none of the characters have <laughs> any depth whatsoever. You know, it's like... <laughs> they, 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 they gather, like, every major f- member of the female... Like, ev- every major female character in the cast... And, you know, I guess the theory is to have them bounce off each other because some of them have never met. So they do the thing of like, oh, hey, how do you know, you know, so-and-so? It's like, oh, you know, it's because I tried to fuck him over in a job last, you know, <laughs> like in a, in a previous episode. Yeah. And I don't know, like, it doesn't work because, again, these kids, there's nothing, nothing. Also, like, all all the dial- all the conversations these girls have eventually circle back to like, ooh, are you going to confess to Kanata, the extremely boring protagonist of this show? And it's like, 
Are there are there any other male characters? Oh, he has the friend, right? He yeah, has, his like, friend, like the the perverted bro friend, who actually does show up. In fact, the premise of the episode is that he, he was able to get he got tickets to this, this this water park, and he gave them to all to Kanata and all of his female friends, a, except Tokyo didn't go. And it's like, man, like why, why isn't Tokyo here? And then the it joke comes like... out as the re- oh, go ahead, yes. The joke is that Tokyo is in fact there, but in fact, what Tokyo is doing is he has become the uh, the agent slash manager for the like idol girl who is who also like did not go on the trip and she has started doing tours at this water huh. park so he's and running Tokyo this takes, yeah. is taking a cut of the profits <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> good it's like the one okay joke in this whole like episode um, yeah I thought I thought you were gonna be like he was like spying on the girls or something and it's like that's a better I mean, our our assumption was that he was hungover. I mean, again, the man literally wakes up, and the first thing he thinks of after getting dressed is, I should go to the bar. That's Uh, a better way to do it while preserving his dirtbag image, right? Yes, exactly. But yeah. Yeah. So that episode sucked. Nothing to it. Like, really, no substance at all. Like, the, the, the barest, like, the barest thing I could say about this episode is, like, there's, like, a conversation that, like, Kanata's childhood friend who has a crush on him has with her older sister. Oh, right, yeah. It's like, like one weirdly good bit of writing, and then they ditch it. <laughs> like, it right. doesn't matter, yeah. Because I, it's know, basically... it's. It, oh, go ahead, Jill. No, go, go ahead, finish first. And then, and then All right, so it's order. like basically like the, the, the childhood friend is like your classic tsundere childhood friend uh-huh. who's like, but Baka, I don't like you or anything, right? And she has this moment of introspection where she's like, man, I'm kind of annoying, aren't I? Like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm kind of a pain in the ass to deal with. Like, why would I ever be like worthy of love or affection? <laughs> Damn. So she's saying all of this to her older sister, who is like, you know, the like hard drinking, like mega mechanic lady, or right, or type, right? The 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 alcoholic Onesan, kind of a dirtbag, like the, the cool person. one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Older sister, she is, you know, drinking buddies with Tokyo, right? Um, uh-huh. And she basically says, I mean, look at me, and <laughs> you don't hate me, do you? And, you know, little sister's like, of course I don't. And so, you know, it's, it's just a little message of like, hey, look, like, mm-hmm. we all, look, nobody's perfect, right? We all have our flaws, right. and hey, look, sometimes we can even annoy those around us that care about us, but that is kind of just, you know, that is the human condition. Yeah. And then the episode ends with a perverted misunderstanding because the android girl is like, beep boop, I heard you wanted to, like, what was it? Uh, uh, Pounce, like, do battle with... with Yeah, yeah, pounce on Kanata. Do you intend to ambush him? And it's like, ha 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 ha. What what a funny misunderstanding. And it's like, oh, right, yeah, this show is total fucking dog shit. Anyways... Yeah, so the second of these two episodes, Rikes, yes. in some ways, is an even bigger fuck up than the first. <laughs> wow. Because, Jeez. okay, now, let me ask you all Sinduality Noir is part of the multimedia <laughs> Sinduality project, right? It is meant to be an anime, a game, I don't know what else, maybe a live action drama, a radio drama, who you the know, fuck else knows, right? Wh- it's, it's a, yeah, it's a classic Japanese multimedia project. And so, what is the purpose of a multimedia project? It is it is to make you watch one or engage with one piece of that media 
and have that media encourage you to pursue other like pieces of media in that franchise yeah the intended funnel you goal. to the funnel you to the part that makes money <laughs> yeah. yes Dramas. i'm never gonna watch arcane all you people want me to watch arcane sorry but yes continue what oh oh yes the yes. show yes uh-huh. well i mean well that is the point is it may not work on you but it will work yes. on somebody right? it, it is, is the, the it is the intended purpose of it as a product yes, yes. and so the intended purpose of Sinduality noir is in theory to make you go Wow, what a good time I had with that anime. What else is there to Sinduality? Oh, there's a video game coming out on the PlayStation 4 and 5 consoles, as well as the Steam Coming Coming soon with no announced date. Yes, yes, with no announced date. Yes, the game seems to be in development hell. Um, So, the latest episode has him introduce the protagonist from the game. Hooray. He sucks! Wait. Synergy. Mm-hmm. You already had one like bland self-insert protagonist. Okay, yeah. Why what if you had another, another one? What if you had another what? bland self-insert protagonist, but instead Except- of the overly self-effacing, oh, I'm so weak, uh, I can't believe I needed you all to help me type of character. Instead, he's the silent, you know, brooding type of character, uh, you know, who wow. doesn't doesn't want any friends? I'm not here to make yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, literally that. Literally that. I'm not here to make friends. Like, I'm here to get business done, and the business is sucking. <laughs> yeah, and like, and so this whole episode is about Kanata meeting the other dude whose name I can't even remember, who was referred to as like the legendary like drifter, the legendary uh-huh. like fighter. He is like the, the Wh- whatever they're gonna pilot. call you in the game because he's because yeah. he's because he's rain tight. The, the acid rain doesn't affect him. Right? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, he's he has he he has dooms level four or whatever. You know? So so um, so is his name literally rain's tight? No, no, uh, no. I was going to say because that's a gun no. tier now. That would be good, but no, that's his affliction. But uh, what are we going to say, Joel? So they have one type of bad protagonist, and they've brought in a worse version of yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, is it sucks. Like the whole episode is just like sucking this dude's dick. Like every other side tip is like, wow, he truly is the greatest mech pilot that ever lived. What a cool guy! I would love to. I would love to live a a day in the life of his adventures. What I can only scarcely imagine what type of exciting adventures he goes on compared to the rest of us, and. So this episode is an advert, like even yes, more, a, even more of an advert than usual. Let's but say. a bad one because now I am let I, me, the one and only person <laughs> in this podcast who may have purchased this video game, am less incentivized to play that video game now if that's what the protagonist is like. Uh, I mean, it is like a real ass video game and not a gotcha game, right? Because it's, it's not, not out, yes. so who knows. But well, I, guess I mean, knows, yes, but, but you know, yeah. it, it, it has a, it has a page on the Steam store, so I assume right. it's going to be released as a retail product eventually. I mean, the sad truth is that being a real ass video game does not preclude you from being a gacha game. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And like, yeah. and it's so, it's such a weird, like, I'm not going to say this was a layup. I'm not going to say this would have been easy, but like, if you had introduced the protagonist of the video game, and they were like even remotely likable. Uh huh. 
they would smell like a rose in comparison to Kanata, <laughs> the, prota- yeah, the protagonist yeah. of the anime. Right. Like, the protagonist of the game didn't even need to be good. He just needed to be okay. And I would have gone, yeah, I could put up with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, this. this, this... I, I mean, I, I bet you when that game comes out, the, the pilot, like, the player character will be a blank slate, which is why they oh, gave sure. him no personality. Yeah, yeah. and like, okay, this this set off my 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 spider senses watching this episode because there's a gag where they're going, characters are going shopping, and his game main character's robot girl is buying up all the soy sauce at the store because he's salty. No, <laughs> I bet you because I bet you any that. That dude's thing is he's from modern day Japan and got frozen or something, and he somehow isekai'd to this this point in time. Oh, and that's why he that's wants why he sauce. wants he wants the classic Japanese foods. I, All right. I'm like I'm, we I have it on tape. Feel it. I feel the like the waves. Right. I, go, I feel oh. like there's only a fifty percent chance that game will come out anyway. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so well, I was gonna say. Like, I was gonna say. Like, is he now part of the show, or is he just just a cameo? No, it, it, it kind okay. of felt like a one off. Like, I don't think yeah. he's gonna show up again. But the one, the, the one like piece of like information we have to work with that lends credence Eros theory is that um, his nom de gere is the ruin of Amazia. Um. And God, I forgot about that. The synopsis of the video game is that humans build an underground haven named Amazia, where you will play as a drifter. And so, I guess, like, so the story of the video game is you fuck up your home. Like, I guess I don't know. know. Like the fact that he's called the ruin of Amazia in the TV show is like, does that? Are we doing a soccer wars thing again? Of the anime is technically a like a a a sequel to the game, right? Uh, It's the game that has not come out. Like the game that has not come out. (laughs) Uh, right, because at least for soccer wars, like that game was out in Japan for a while. Like, yeah, yeah, but. More like this, a, a Tactopus desk Destiny, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. just, but, but, but no, even there because that anime was a prequel to the game, right? Like, yes, yeah, yeah. like this, <laughs> I, it's it's just so bizarre, right? Dude, multimedia projects are fucked. I don't know why people can. I don't know why Japanese companies continue to do it. It doesn't seem like it ever works. Because, like, like can any of you name a successful multimedia like like project, Pokemon, in Kamen Rider. Love live. The thing is, po- Pokemon is like the most profitable franchise in the universe. Yeah, right? yeah that, like, that's that's kind of the platonic ideal. And like po- Pokemon, thing, kind the, of Pokemon predates the the right. Type of well, multimedia well, what I'm saying is like about now, but yes, yeah, and it sort of arose organically. But I think like it's it is it is what they're chasing, right? It's right. every multimedia project yeah. You you want into which is so ubiquitous you can do anything with it. And exactly, and it's like they just are shooting anything they can at the wall and trying to make it stick. They try to do a, like fucking Scarlet Nexus or whatever, you know. God, yeah. I forgot that was technically my, also a multimedia project. My 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 example was Love Live because yeah. also had the that's true too. The anime was tremendously like, successful. The the rhythm game was tremendously successful. There's mm-hmm. concerts and stuff, you know. That that's mm-hmm. life was like building off the shoulders of an established genre already, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I guess if we're talking like non-idol stuff, 
that's a yeah, like idle, question. Stuff, <laughs> idle stuff by its very nature is kind of like a deeply serious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because like project, yeah. Uh, prior to Love Live, you had Idle Master, and yeah, but I mean, I guess yeah. like does ben, does Bandai Namco just want a non Gundam mech? Thing I think that's all it is that they can push is, push stuff behind. Yes. Because I, like they I mean, Sunrise have been making original mech shows for I know. decades. I know, and, and, like, and none of them have taken off except and like they Co- never Kogias, right? Like Kogias <laughs> is like the only one I can think of. Yes, and yeah, it's like I, there was this, there was there's Kokai Senki, like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of the problem is that it's kind of difficult to make something a Gundam-sized success because the market is just so much more saturated than it used yeah. to be, right? Like. Gundam was a success partially because it was the first thing which did some of the specific things I did, and also there were like seven mech shows in total. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm exaggerating, but you yeah. know what I mean, right? Like, yes. Whereas this you. is just like this. The way you're making this sound is a, it's incredibly unimaginative, and as a result of that, b, it feels like the thing that I could turn over a stone and find wherever. <laughs> right, and I think yeah. I think that is like Sinduality's like greatest failing is like. It is so intensely designed by committee. It feels like this series, this franchise, is not allowed to have any like distinctive voice because any distinctive voice might then make like the characters less broadly appealing, right? It is I a product like, before it is a story. Yeah, and, and I feel yeah. like this is a. I, I don't want to say like this is like. This this is not unique, um, but I feel like. I feel like when you when you have franchises like this that go for the angle of make the character as bland as possible to make them as appealing to as many like demographics as possible. It oh yeah, it doesn't always work. Yeah, it always strikes to me of like, oh, this was developed by some like decrepit boomer ass Japanese businessman, <laughs> <laughs> like some dude in his like fucking seventies being like, what are the kids like these days? You know. And just like just reminds me, uh, reminds me of that documentary about the making of original Gundam, where they were like, "Why does Amuro look so weird? What's what, like? Why does he look like a loser? Why isn't he more, you know, broadly appealing? Why doesn't he right. die in magma? Yeah, right. Why doesn't he know karate like all proper Japanese <laughs> protagonists are supposed to know? Uh, and I think that's kind of. And, and I think it's a very interesting like phenomenon because like okay this this is a weird this is a weird like tangential connection right but like oh, okay hear me out why do so many people weirdly resonate with Chainsaw Man at least the manga yeah I mean, and a lot of that yeah. is its protagonist Denji who is this like dirt poor craven. <laughs> <laughs> craven perverse dirtbag and you might and, and, and i think work, yeah. and i think it might, it might be very easy from an outside perspective to look at that character and go like oh what a like weird character i couldn't see anybody like uh, 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 uh empathizing with him he has no broad appeal right but i think in a weird way what makes a character like denji more appealing than the like aforementioned like bland slate like blank slate protagonists is like he has extremely specific yes. tangential desires. This is the thing so, about 
this is the thing about characters is like the more specificity you can give to a character, mm-hmm. then paradoxically, the more relatable they are to people because right. also, you like, can so take these. He has extremely strong, a st- extremely strong combination of kicked puppy and uh, I can fix him energy. As well. <laughs> a little bit can, of that, yeah. Like but... the more specific a character is, yes, yes. like you can right. take these highly specific things and then people can relate those things to themselves to their own experiences right because look most of us have not like lived in such abject poverty that we eat moldy food off the ground like a dog i i, I hope most of us have not lived <laughs> in not. such dire circumstances but most of us know the feeling of like looking in your wallet and going ah shit man i can't afford this like right. it's it's like yeah you can take these feelings that are specific to the human experience in certain ways, but then, you know, dial them up to cartoonish levels. Right. But then that still makes it more relatable on like a a deep level than just, this is a guy. He like, he likes the thing that the show is about. And also he likes girls, but he's not, but he's not horny for girls because that would be, that would be bad. I think, I think that this kind of character is, you have to approach them from a different mindset, right? It's not who will this a character appeal to, it's what is the least number of people yeah. we can offend, because yeah. the people that they are appealing to are, inev- are inevitably reactionary like idiots who are locked in their parents' basement, you know, all the... But, like, <laughs> these people are looking for a reason to be outraged, and um, and by firing off all the sharp edges on your character... Uh, you run minimal risk. I guess, of that. and that's just an think, incredibly yeah. cynical approach. I just but. also think about like I don't know, pi the popularity of say isekai, and then the amount of people who will completely unironically write on message boards or whatever. Like, can anybody recommend like a thing that has like a super cool badass prote- overpowered protagonist, please? It's like this is the only thing I want to look at. Yeah, I mean that that's I feel like that's starting to get into slightly different territory, but it, it's yeah. kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. But um Yeah, I don't know. And I, I, I would just throw in there's the factor of like a lot of times these characters are meant to be in video games where yeah. they're supposed to be it's not that you're supposed to like the character, you're supposed to be the character and you have yeah, options. That's nice. yeah. You have op- options to express yourself right. in the game. Uh-huh. You're not; they're not going to translate in the anime, right? Yeah, you so, know what? and I think it's, <laughs> I think it's better in games that you, you, they allow you to express yourself within a highly specific framework of what the character. Yes, is. well, yeah, then that gets into that. But, but I think yeah. that's part yeah. of the how mm-hmm. we end up in this place to begin with. Of yeah, uh, you know, it's it's not meant to be in a, in a narrative where the character is actually. Uh-huh. Where the where the where the the viewer is not deciding what the character says, yep. right? Look, all, so, all I'm saying all the, all is, <laughs> if you want to write a blank slate protagonist, mm-hmm. you should write it like the one in Honkai Star Rail. Yes, <laughs> we, we wanna, if, we, if we want to bring so, it circle back around, uh-huh. the, the fact the fact that the the Honkai Star Rail protagonist is this chaotic garbage person, yeah, and you have some dirtbag. Yeah, you have some control over how uh, she, uh, you know, expresses that, but generally, you know, she's, a, yes. a, yeah, and Which it's is all to say, yeah. It, so, go ahead, Iroh. Yes, this Bring is all to say, Cinderella Nara is so bad that it has made, made us, like, 
go into base storytelling blocks to show how it's doing <laughs> yes. it wrong. Right. Well, that's the that's like, the interesting the convers- that's the interesting part of yeah. that's the interesting part I mean, of the conversation. Here. Uh, this, 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 this is the conversation we have to have because otherwise the sensuality noir section is like two minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying. All right. Well. Anyway. Uh, yeah. That's uh. That's pretty much it uh, for the new shows. I did want to mention. Yeah. Uh, I've been hitting the backlog. Last time I talked about my attempt to watch Mad Lax. I have not gotten right. back to that. Yeah. How, how did that go? <laughs> per, I haven't watched any. I haven't watched any more of it because I switched over to finally watching Vinland Saga. I figured I would make better use make of my good. time. Yeah. Nice. Um, and you know, you guys have gone into detail about it over the years so i don't have to start rehashing everything i mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily disagree with anything you guys have said yet um it's very good um i do appreciate so mike mike to kind of refresh my concerns with from what i've heard of season one it's like the season two stuff sounded much more interesting to me where it was like right really grappling mm-hmm. with the themes about you know how do you deal with you know violence and war being glorified like, you know a culture that glorifies violence and warfare and those things are bad uh <laughs> but, <laughs> um and i i was glad to see because because from what i understand and i guess what i'm seeing I, i've watched up to episode five which is still okay. forfeit I, I think it's right before the it looks like there's gonna be a time skip in six I'm, I, I don't and you'll get to sure, like, like yeah, modern but, Thorfinn yeah. yeah so it was basically the the Thorfinn as a as a little child a little boy um and his and up to the his dad dying I guess mm-hmm. um yes uh, and um I, I I have a hard time believing things unless I really see them on screen but yes <laughs> The uh, there's that that in him kind of surviving in the immediate aftermath of that is where I kind of left off. But I think I, I appreciate. Like, it's very clear what the themes are from, like, the first minute of the show. Yes. Um, yeah, they're building those seeds. They're planting those seeds right away. Like, that is not yeah. like a so I could see from what you guys told me in season two, that's not really like a huge shift. That's just like the next evolution of like, this is the theme that we're going for. So I think that was cool to see. And I think it's, I think it's pretty well done how they're establishing that. I could see, especially, I, I don't know. This, this, this is, this is, I don't know if I would call it nitpicking or just an observation, but there is like the, you know, killing people is bad thing. But only if you are capable <laughs> of being able to kill people. <laughs> In which case, it's really cool. But it's really cool if you can kill somebody, but you don't. Not do this cool thing. Yeah. But you uh-huh. should still be able to kill people because it's kind of cool anyway. Um, you should the... be able to kill people and then stop yourself out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah, because because like like his, <laughs> his his dad is kind of put on like the highest pedestal because uh-huh. he yes. can murder everyone, but he chooses not to. Whereas the right. kind of like the rest Big of the deal. people do that if we die. <laughs> whereas like the rest of the people are like from his village that are like not competent enough to do that or just yeah you guys are fine just go back home and be a family man. I right? guess but, I guess the idea is like yeah it's it's having the choice and choosing not to right and also Over, also or, just as the, they say pacifism <laughs> only has meaning when upheld by <laughs> the strong. strong yeah and and, and, and that, that's not necessarily bad but I, it's also yeah. like 
you know the fight scenes look really cool <laughs> like they're they like I mean, so, so they're very well shooting. animated are like you that war is bad <laughs> but, but it looks the vikings cool. are very wow cool viking <laughs> yeah, wow, cool viking so uh, just... you know i i have not been around or involved in any of the vinland saga discourse but i could imagine <laughs> a lot of people missing the point in season one. Oh yeah no there um, i am surprised that nobody has done a redraw of that gundam meme but it's just thorkel throwing the javelin like six miles over yeah, the yeah, head of the viewer. Jumping from boat to boat and uh yeah. yeah. But um, I mean the best redraw of that gunpla meme is the dude saying war is bad and the bubble going over his head saying buy gunpla. So, yeah. <laughs> so like so you know, the, the, the message is very clear and strong and I think they're doing a good job developing it. It's just a little weird when then also the fight scenes look really cool it, and it, it's it, like it, yeah. There's always going to be I mean, this is kind of the, the truth duality, of like um, yeah. the, the, the duality of a lot of Fiction, right? Especially fiction that gets into this kind of the stuff of like anti-war. And... No. <laughs> oh boy. No. Oh man. Uh... <laughs> right? It's like question mark. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think this is anything. I think we need. I think we need to drop this one. <laughs> but, uh... too you, know, like, to... you know, like yes, Gundam broadly has an anti-war message, but the robots are very cool. Berserk is a story about overcoming trauma, but is also about a dude who cuts demons in half with like a with a freaking six foot long sword. Uh-huh. You know, the slab um, of raw iron. Uh... Yes, you know, it could not even be called a sword. Uh-huh. Um, and, and and Vinland Saga also, you know, is another example of this genre of like it is a deeply introspective story about like the night the the cycle of violence, but also damn the cycle of violence looks good. Yeah, yeah. Makoto Yukimura is a very good artist. (laughs) Yeah, they and they really and and, uh, Mappa or Matt or no, uh, the first season was Wit Studio Wit did a very good job with it. So yeah, so I mean that's I I I don't really have a huge problem with that. That's just kind of my only observation so far of like the little bit of conflict with that. And in some ways, I mean, it's it's kind of reinforces the point of like everybody is like that is what society that the, the society they're in is like glorifying right so i mean right there is you know it's it's not really bringing the show down for me it's just like i said an observation and i i, yeah. I think the way they are depicting uh everybody kind of grappling with this concept at, at different degrees like even the the you know the bad guys to some extent like i feel like they're at least thinking about it what after the incident with Thorfinn's dad like and you know, they're not going to change their ways or anything but like um I can't remember the uh the, the main the, the leader of the Askelot uh, Askelot yeah, yeah at that point like there's a lot of like shots of him just sitting there thinking right like yeah I mean like, a, any, like, going, uh, would you say brings up some interesting questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's like now <laughs> and there's like uh you know like they don't, they're almost they're almost like cheering for Thorfinn at the end, right? Like it's like it's 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 interesting how they handle all that, and it's very well done. Yeah. So I I mean, I think a thing that Vinland Saga always did well, even in even even in its first season, even when it is more about wow, cool Viking, is like, okay. I mean, a lot of the characters in this show are dumb meatheads. Well, I mean, they they live up to the Viking stereotype, but like. You rarely ever get a character, like, even the character who people will hold up as the epitome of, like, you know, cool, violent, Viking berserker guy, 
mm-hmm. is not like he is not a flat character. He is not just simply he, he does not simply engage in violence for the sake of violence, right? Like they inter- they interrogate what motivates these characters. Why is why does violence come so naturally to them? What kind of society encourages that as like the simplest, most straightforward way to solve your problems? Mm-hmm. And like occasionally we'll have a character, even the ones who are the like, you know, who love the Viking lifestyle, will occasionally go. Yeah, I mean, I guess we do kill a lot of people, don't we? I mean, yeah, uh-huh. it's not good, but what else would you have me do? And, yeah. it, and it's interesting because you're seeing people engaging with that at different levels. Like some yes. people, they'll give it, they'll it might occur to them, but they won't give it a second thought. And then other people are going to be more pensive about it. And then, you know, so far, Thorfinn's dad has been sort of like the the pinnacle of it. Of right, the end of that road, does, right? Yes. The, the 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 end game of all that so um yeah and i'm only on episode five so <laughs> i've yeah. got a long way to i've got a long way to go uh Hope you enjoy and, it yeah so far i i am enjoying it so um once again vinland saga the best thing i'm watching or somebody's watching <laughs> in the season <laughs> so. yeah uh, I I just want to briefly make a quick shout out to our joint rewatch of Zeta Gundam, where we have reached uh, the episode where they go to space Switzerland, and yeah. there are people wearing weird Robin ha- Robin Hood hats, and they have a boat race. <laughs> uh, anyway, next episode, tens of thousands of people die. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not right. even a joke. Yeah, no, I mean Zeta's a classic, and yeah. Zeta is. You know, again, we're 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 running a bit long at this point, but I will just say that like the thing that is always interesting about Zeta, especially revisiting it now in 2023, is like knowing like the like nearly insurmountable task Yoshiyuki Tomino was given with like writing and directing the sequel to Mobile Suit Gundam, and kind of just consistently being impressed with how few fucks like, he gave not only well, yes but also how good of a job he did like yes like i feel like there is the world where gundam is a one-hit wonder it's a one and done maybe zeta is like the the like sort of middling sequel that people don't really talk about and then gundam just kind of fades into the history books but i mean like, in, in an in a meta sense zeta gundam might be the most important gundam show ever because it's the yes. show which turned it from a show into a franchise Yes, uh, that's 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 what I'm getting. I at. Yeah. I just find like it is a tremendous work. I just find it's ex- and let's be clear, extremely deliberate tonal whiplash. Absolutely hilarious. Still, it's so good. It's so yes, funny. yes. It's it is a it is a good time. Yes. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. Then, um, I think next time will be our season preview. So stay tuned. Oh boy, for that everyone. Keeps on turning. Oh boy, I haven't looked. I haven't looked at any of it yet, but we'll deal with that next time. Uh, let's do our housekeeping. You can check us out at theglorialblog.com. That is the only place you're going to regularly see updates at this point. Uh, <laughs> just the social media the, man. It's broken. The uh, you know, like we mentioned, go check out Zig's common writer posts if you're into com- the common writer discussion. Um, we are. I mean, we still exist on Twitter and on co-host, but I'm finding without the automatic posting, um, <laughs> I, I usually just completely forget uh, to put things on there. I should probably do a better job with that, but we are there. 
uh, on Twitter at the Glorio blog and at Glorio on co-host. Uh, yeah, I mean, me personally, I've pretty much quit Twitter at this point myself, so I, I've been totally out of my mind. Um, yeah. It's kind of hard not to quit Twitter at this point. Um, I can't. Yeah. I'm now more popular there yeah. than I've ever been yeah, in my yeah. career. So. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I, wanna, I know. I, wanna... I have the luxury wanna... of doing that, but... Uh, <laughs> One other thing yeah. is, uh, I I did guest on uh, the Updated Autopsy Report podcast, uh, which oh, talks yes. about uh, very good podcast. the Ace Attorney series uh, with longtime fans and newcomers uh, playing through it. And I was there for the last episode of Ghost Trick. So a good yes. video game. Yeah, you can find them uh, on what, what at Updated Autopsy Report. What what is your exact co-host uh, Iro? Because you put up a couple good posts about some mm-hmm. other. Oh, I mean, non, those are not, not anime, anime related. Not anime related things, but yeah. I feel like there's all a big Venn diagram there. Yeah, of, sure. Uh, at Iro on co-host, right? Yeah, you've got some. Uh, you've mm-hmm. stirred up some hot conversation about Baldur's Gate three and CRPGs. Um, sure. Yes, and, and Gia, you're now one of the premier uh, mecha influencers <laughs> on Twitter. Apparently, uh, it's oh, yeah, yeah. starting to turn that way. <laughs> yeah. We go check that out, uh, but uh, yeah, all right. Uh, and of course, the podcast you can uh subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring that notification bell, all those good things. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. We'll catch up for next time. <laughs>